Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Well, the jet-setting globetrotter is uh, back on the green light on Premier Racing Podcast. Straight off the top, I'm going to welcome him in, Corey Smith. We've missed you, Smithy. How are you, mate? Going well, Jim. Going well. I haven't heard a single person request for me to be back on, <laughs> but uh, I'm back anyway. You can't get rid of me that easy. Hey, mate, I'm requesting because uh, my shoulders are getting very, very sore from carrying the show for the last month, but you have been a busy boy. Uh, we'll chat a little bit about, about the last month that you haven't been on the, uh, the GLO podcast, but you... Uh, took off to see the Sangroper in WA, mate, the slot race. Uh, they've copied the idea of the Meadows, and <laughs> did it work out well? Yeah, well, to be fair, we weren't the first ever slot race in any code. So uh, if uh, what, what do they say, Jim? Imitation is the most sincere form of yeah. flattery. So no qualms with them, uh, with them following our lead. It's good for the sport, good for the industry, and good for the participants. So I'm all for it. But, yeah, I was lucky enough to head over there. I managed to get the Sangroper and the Quokka, so the horse version as well, and yeah, they put on a pretty good show over in uh, in WA. I'd never been to WA before, and uh, I, I think I'm just slightly sneaking under the uh, the .05 a couple of weeks later because uh, it was a big weekend. I think they did it well, um, having the three codes all having feature racing on the same weekend. The only problem was um, the dogs and the harness clashed. I think if they had have kept the greyhounds, I don't know why they couldn't to Saturday night um, and had the harness on the Friday night, the gallops through the day, it would have been... The best 36 hours of racing, I think you could just about get in WA for the year, and surely that would have been just amazing. Yeah, that was probably the first thing that I thought when they announced it, that they should have split up the, the harness and the greyhounds, and uh, I, I still maintain that point after being over there. They they had some shuttle buses going from uh, from uh, Cannington straight over to Gloucester Park, basically straight after the Sandgraper was run and won. But, uh, yeah, I think if they separate it, whether that be on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or, or like you said, they go to the Saturday night for the Greyhounds. I'm, I'm not too sure which, which option would be better, but uh, I do think they need to separate. Yeah, how, how close are they now? I know Cannington moved a few years ago. I've only been to the old Cannington track. Is, is there much distance between Gloucester Park and, and the new Cannington track? Uh, I, I'd be guessing, to be honest, but I think it's about 20, 25 yeah. minutes or so. So, so far enough, uh, though, that you don't want to have two meetings running at the one time, effectively, when they've got, you've yeah. got to travel half an hour between. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. But uh, yeah, I can't say I do much driving over in Perth, so my, I'm a little bit directionally challenged uh, over in WA. So no, I think I, I definitely think that's probably the one thing that I would say from, from being an outside perspective is they need to change that. But uh, for their first crack at it, they did an outstanding job. Now we're sort of turning this, this edition into a little bit of a travel show, uh, Corey, because you have been on the road to WA. I, I actually really, really like West Australia. I went there years and years ago to watch one of our girls race in the WA Oaks. And um, to be honest, if I had to move out of Melbourne, um, and I had to go somewhere else in Australia. I reckon WA would be pretty high up the list. Take racing aside, what did you what did you make of WA? Would you give it a, a, a bit of a push as a good holiday destination? Well, I, uh, with a couple of mates, I decided to do a bit of a, a capital city power rankings of the ones I've been to. I haven't been to da- Darwin or Hobart, uh, but Perth lobbed in second. I still think I've got Melbourne on top, but uh, no, I liked Perth. It was quite a nice place so um yeah i don't think i'll be moving there anytime soon but uh, i i definitely wouldn't say no if uh if the right opportunity arose in the future run of the week
All right, mate. Let's forget about uh, the travel and look at run of the week. A greyhound who was travelling pretty well is all spritzed up. I've made him my run of the week. We'll have a listen to how he went about it last week, but there are a couple of honourable mentions that I'd love to get to, but here's all spritzed up winning last Saturday. Black, here comes all spritzed up with a run. Keep it, Black. All spritzed up. Charged away. Big, big win. All spritzed up. Over, keep it. I reckon Daniel Hibbert nailed the concluding stages. Their big, big win. He just picked them off one by one, all spritzed up and and even though he was a fair way back mid-race he just had a feeling that the great chase champ was going to do what he did at the end he just ran straight over the top of them and and to me Corey looks like a dog who's just crying out for more ground this campaign yeah I think he'll definitely get to the the more ground and gee what a motor he has that you just look at the position in running and and uh, you're kind of mind-blown. But then when you go back and watch the replay, it's an even better run. Now for the honourable mention, Smithy. Prior Bale's the one I want to start with. One race, two on Saturday night. Form update wins again just prior to when we record this Wednesday afternoon at the Meadows. He's a son of Dinah Wesleyan who won the silver collar uh, in New Zealand over 7.79. And I think from the Saturday night meeting, I probably should have made him run of the night because I think if there was one grey hen you'd want to take to train with the most scope coming from that Saturday night meeting, I think it's him. Yeah, he's definitely right up there. He's still got a little bit to learn, Prior Val, but uh, he came out and won today at the Wednesday meeting at the Meadows and did it in nice fashion. So I think he's starting to put it together, and once he does put it all together and uh, put his ability in with with his uh, just his brain, basically. He, I think he'll uh, sort it out, and I think he'll become a top liner. Whether that is over further, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he'll definitely... He, I think he ran home 11.98 uh, this afternoon, so I think he will be a superstar over 700 metres. Trapper and Trooper Tears were the last two that I wanted to touch on with the review section of this podcast. I mean, uh, Trapper Tears was good. Trooper Tears was breathtaking. Yeah, two absolute superstars. You just see them after the races. They put in absolutely everything. And, yeah, I think there are absolute superstars on the rise. So I'd be keeping an eye on them for those future big races that will be coming up later this year. Uh, You're a Collingwood supporter, mate. Just before we tuck into this Saturday night's preview, uh, Mr. Dacos, uh, Nicky Dacos, what are you making of uh, his start to, to year number two? Yeah, absolute superstar, mate. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was in the crowd yesterday, and I was sitting there, and uh, there was quite a few people saying, "Oh, he only gets uncontested, uncontested balls," and then you see him just bob up, kick two nice goals, and basically not win the game off his own boot, but uh, he played obviously beautifully. So uh, I think the naysayers are finding less and less that they can whinge about. He's an absolute star. In his second year, I think that's what people forget. And that, that goal in the last quarter, like a little bit of an outside of the boot almost, it was like a, a check side type kick from a pressured moment. I, th- I thought it was awesome. So, no, I think Collingwood are definitely heading in the right direction. Saturday's preview... Alrighty, mate. Saturday night. Let's uh, let's try and tuck in, find some winners. Twelve on the card. Uh, hopefully, there are some to uh, to cheer home, mate. Uh, talk me through race number one. I'll leave it with you to kickstart the first on a twelve race card. Is a mix six and seven over the five two five. It's good to have you back, Smithy. So a month off, and then you just throw me under the bus for the That's first right. one. The mix six seven. I've landed with Angus Anchovy. He was really well backed in uh, last start, where he ran third behind Chief Da Vinci. I think comes up with a nice draw here, and if he gets it his own way, I think he can be winning. So Angus Anchovy, the well backed 
runner from last week. Yeah, great minds, great minds. Uh, Angus Anchovy on with as well. I'm willing to forgive that last run because five starts ago he went 30 and 20, crossed from box seven in 5.13. I think if he runs 5.13, he'll at least be on the speed. Uh, the only one, I think, who has the pace to cross is, is Classy Bella, but I tipped her last week and she just fell short of running the 500 out. So uh, great minds in race one. Think alike with Angus Anchovy. And then on the race number two, uh, I'm tipping trending Zara number two, but I, I like the same race multiplay here. Numbers one, two, and three, all to run top four. I just think they're going to drag each other into the race and, and Riptide Rustley will be the one who's storming home at the end. Yeah, I'm, uh, we, we're obviously doing this without seeing any markets or anything like that, but I think false confidence will be uh, much better for his first crack at the 600 last week where he led all the way in this tie and a little bit late. I think he'll be stronger this time from the inside draw. I think he'll be very hard to beat. I like Aussie Rocks in race three. I think he's got terrific Meadows form. He's got fitness under his belt. And the form two starts ago behind Hector Fawley stacks up pretty well now. Yeah, it certainly does. I, I've got Aussie Rocks on top, and I think that I could see Frothy's Bradman running a decent race as well. Is that just because of the name, or...? <laughs> yeah, Frothy's Bradman, it's uh, about my, it probably sums up my performance in Perth, to be honest. Yeah, I tell you what, you, you're telling us you were, you were going pretty hard on the uh, the cold buns, mate, but it's good to hear, it's good to hear. Uh, race four, Crystal Bale, I'm with here, number one. I just think it's a beautiful run, and if anything, is down in class for this race. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a dropping class. Obviously, got beaten by all spritz stuff last week, who we both have a big opinion of and is just looks like a likely leader. So if we get a relatively close to an each-way price, I'll be a happy boy. Yeah, race five, a tricky little race. I'm, I'm toying up with a few in the event. I, I like Kanji Tank. I think he's a he's a serious greyhound. He just cannot draw anywhere near the rails, which is bringing him unstuck. And I, I just worry that he's starting to lose a bit of confidence. The other one that I like is Grace's Shout because she's got good form at the track and distance. And then Nitro Bale you go to, who's just been so consistent. So found it a tough race. And like you say, mate, this is prior to markets coming out. So uh, whoever's best of probably Nitro Bale, Grace's Shout price-wise is who I'll go with. I'm leaning towards Nitro Bale. Obviously, got beaten by Trappeteers last start. I think Trappeteers have probably come up a dollar forty in this one. So uh, happy to be with Nitro Bale from box number three. Uh, elite Alex, I'm within race number six. I think second run back at the Meadows after running sixth in the Golden Easter Egg. I feel sometimes when they go into state, it can just take them one run when they come back to Victoria to really show their best. Uh, Storm Stroller should lead in three. All spritzed up's obviously a contender, but I've got a lot of time for Elite Alex. I think he's going to become a, a real genuine top-line great hand yeah this is a race that's just full of some absolute favorites of mine so it's really hard to pick but i think from the inside draw elite alex will be hard to beat but how do you discount baby mm. jc in any race that she goes around in so then when you've got all spritz up gary stun on storm stroller zara's live and belviling scofflaw like it's a cracking race so uh elite alex but not a high amount of confidence uh, you would have been pretty happy to see that belviling finally won a race four starts ago at ballarat he got home did not uh, did not have any of my money on him. No, that was his first win since July of last year, and he still hasn't uh, racked up another one. But he's won eighty six thousand. So who's getting the last laugh? Tommy Daly, not us. Uh, race seven on with the uh, Hummock here, but mainly for a place. I just think Ailey Bale should have won last time. I thought the run was disappointing. So um, the fact they've given her two weeks between runs maybe suggests that they also weren't overly happy with the fact she got run down by Madigan and um, she was folding up like a deck of cards in the last twenty or thirty meters in that race. So. I'd probably prefer have one unit a win, four units a place on Hummick over backing Ailey Bale, who's probably going to be an odds-on favourite from the draw. 
Yeah, I love Ailey Bale, but as you said, that last run was somewhat disappointing. I think she is better coming from off the pace. I do think she'll get be off the pace a little bit. Uh, I think Sunnyside Zeus, who is my on-top selection, will lead this race um, with a little bit of pressure from Grace in shock. Ailey Bale should get the perfect run, but I just want to see her do it. So I've got Sunnyside Zeus on top. Uh, hopefully we can play that place heavy if we get a decent enough price. Pretty good dog in race eight is make no promise, uh, and that's who I'm with. I think Umberto's going to show speed. Dark Label's going to try and track through, and I think it make no promise can just lob in the top two or three. Um, he might be pretty hard to beat. Also, we had Graham Glass on the podcast not too long ago, and he, he did give a good push for Gucci Girl back then. He said she's she's been trialling enormous, but maybe not sort of delivering that form in races. Well, her form's really stepped up in the last month or so, but she's drawn awkwardly out there in five. Yeah, I'm with Make No Promise. Obviously, he comes out of that match race on Geelong Cup night uh, where he went super. This is obviously a lot harder with, with plenty more dogs in the way, but if he just lobs him behind the leaders, that's the way I see it mapping, then he should be winning, even though I have a lot of respect for Umberto from the inside. What about race nine, GOTBA Cup, heat number two? Interesting race. Jackpot Joan in three comes back in distance, but she's just become a, an absolute winning machine. Um, Magic Muffin, who I think now is becoming a little bit hard to catch. Um, beaten last time at Geelong from the awkward draw in the heat of the Geelong Cup, but five starts ago went 494, 29.17 at Sandown. I think, honestly, mate, if she runs that, she's going to win just about every race she's in. So this does look the right race for her, but she just needs... Look, if Magic Muffin was drawn in three, I'd make her my best bet of the night, but I think she just needs to clear Jackpot Joan early because if she doesn't, she's going to be all out chasing a greyhound who's been winning over 650. Yeah, this is a this is a tough one. I, I I definitely think Magic Muffin's the leader in this one. Uh, should be able to clear Jackpot Joan. If she doesn't clear Jackpot Joan, she's absolutely no hope. So probably not a race that I'm keen to bet in, especially when there's a greyhound like Al's Entity who will be stalking him the whole way. He's got one of the biggest engines in the sport at the minute. So this is probably a race that I'd uh, I'd like to sit out of. But Magic Muffin on top from Jackpot Joan and Al's Entity uh, for me. Don't you dare sit out, mate. The, the times that I sit out and the grief you give me, you're not uh, you're not sitting out. Um, um, Kanji Waco, I'm going to go on uh, race 10, number one, with absolutely no confidence at all. Uh, call me Marley for me. Run uh, four or five starts ago here at the Meadows was quite impressive, and I think a repeat of that will be winning this one. Race number 11, heat four of the GOTBA Cup. Peacock's really well graded there in, in box number eight. The draw, I think, is the, the only sticky point. Um, he's sort of been racing in that mix four and five group class, really. He went up and had a crack at the, the Golden Easter Egg and made the semis uh, without a trial at the track. So I'm going to go with Peacock number eight. I just probably would have preferred him drawn one, two or three in this. Yeah, he's definitely the class runner. As you said, box eight's the query. I'm not sure whether American Queen is going to help or hinder him. I think it'll take me a little bit more form to figure that one out. Um, I'm leaning towards Cheeky Wink from the inside. It's gone 508 at Sandown, 510 at the Meadows. It's last two starts. If it does that, I think it'll be uh, leading this one and be hard to beat at an each-way price, I hope. Cheeky Wink for me. Okay, race 12. One of my best bets of the night is Kanji Uganda. Um, I just think the Red's going to lead Gypsy Yankee. Kelsey's girl hopefully just gets out of the way and Kanji Uganda can get to second because I think if she's sitting second, um, based on that win here three runs ago where she scored in a very quick 29.90, I think she can run Gypsy Yankee down when the whips are cracking. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Kanji Uganda on top for sure in the last race to get out stakes. (laughs) 
Hunters. Might have Hunters. just hit that button a little bit too soon there with uh, the Punters Punning Club cutting you off. Smithy, I'm so used to going solo on the podcast now, but I'm going to hand it to you, mate. $50 uh, to spend, of course, play money, but uh, gamble responsibly. Chances are you're going to lose. If gambling's becoming a problem for you, give uh, Gambler's Help a call 1-800-858-858 or you can visit the website. Over to you, Smithy. Oh, look, this is tough, Jim, without any prices of... Mm. I don't want to be tipping a dollar ten pops, which I don't think there are many uh, on Saturday night. So it shouldn't be too much of an issue there. But I'm going to have 25 the win on race seven, number three, Sunnyside Zeus. I think he finds the top, and I was impressed with his last start where he broke. Uh, he, I think he went about 8.94 to the first peg. So if he can do that again, he'll lead this one. It should be hard to beat. And the remaining $25, I'm going to put it on race 10, number three, Call Me Marley. I think he's just a better greyhound than some of these. I think the draw shouldn't be too much of an issue. He should get room to move and should be winning. So they're the two that I want to play for the punters punning club first up from the month off. Yeah, see how you go uh, fresh off a spell. Start with race 12, number three, Kanji Uganda, $10 each way. Same race multi was in the false confidence race, numbers one, two, and three, all to run top four. Um, I'm going to spend $10 on that same race multi. And my other bet was uh, race four, number one, Crystal Bale. I think $10 each way. I think I've gone $50 uh, on three different wages. I'm making up the rules. That's it, mate. And uh, I, I don't know if I'll be able to get on next week. It might be a bit of a push. So I might have to have another week off because I'm heading down to Warrnambool next week. So oh. I don't know if I'll uh, if I'll be in any state to, to help you. I think I'd just be more of a hindrance. Mm. Now, what we should be doing is organising... like. This is where we need, you know, a bit of sponsorship or something like that, where we, we actually get sent to Warnable as a team and we get <laughs> supplied with free alcohol, free punting money, and we put together a nice little piece. So I think that that's what we should be looking at for uh, for next year. But now, nah, all good, Smithy. Have another week off, mate, because you've worked really hard in the last month or so. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. I've uh, barely been at work and I've barely been on the green light on podcast. So it's been a tough month for me. Good on you, mate. Chat to you next, uh, next, next week. <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs> Inside Info. 12 races at the Meadows Saturday night. 96 Greyhounds racing and a man who will be putting the polish on two of those 96s is Michael Chilcott. He's royalty when it comes to Greyhound racing around the Heathcote area. He's been good enough to join me on the podcast. Chilly, how are you, brother? Good, thank you, Jimmy. Your involvement in the sport. Uh, for you, where did it start? It started with a um, with a mate in Packardham about 20-odd years ago. Um, yeah, small share in the vested interest in a couple of pups that never raced, and then he said we need to we need to breed a litter, so we did that. Happened to be Hot Shots litter sister, um, trained two dogs out of that litter to both win city races, and um, yeah, got the bug. And um, when the kids left school, the work was getting in the way of the hobby, so we decided to um, 13 years ago to move up to Heathkit and do it full time. And looking back, you've had some great success in the last 13 years, mate. You've uh... Well, I seem to notice that you sort of have, have made staying racing your own in, in many a ways. I think the, the best quality greyhounds that you've produced have been stayers. Is there any knack to doing that? Is it something that you love trying to chase a good stayer? Um, I don't think there's – it's just got to play the, the your cards you're dealt. I'm really – up here, you're not running to Cranbourne every week to run a 300-metre dog. You're not running – it's Ralgan every other week to run a 300-metre dog. So, you know, everyone's aiming for a 500-metre dog and and if they can run six or seven, that's a bonus. 
Grace in shock. Um, I think they are going to uh, to rewrite the uh, the dictionary. When you type in in the dictionary "money spinner," I reckon it's going to come up with this boy Grace in shock as the uh, as the definition. He has just been an absolute marvel. He's what is he over four years of age? He's had a hundred and one starts, seventeen wins, uh, forty eight times in the placing, second or third, and he's won over one hundred and sixty three thousand dollars. I mean. It must just be so good every morning waking up knowing you've got a greyhound in the kennel like Grace in shock. Certainly is. He is a ripper of a dog. Um, look, you wouldn't. Most people wouldn't have him in his kennel because he doesn't troll, um, doesn't bite on a lure. Um, but yeah, as you say, he's he's done he's done a great job. Um, you know, we now we just joke now that he is a veteran. We sort of joke that he would just go around the city and get his pick up his pension each week. <laughs> How did you come to train him to start off with? We've had a um, probably about a nine-year involvement with um, Warren Owen and the Grace in Syndications Group. So we've done those. Shock was born and bred here. His mum was um, came here, um, yeah, as a as a race dog. Yeah, we've been doing uh, most of his dogs um, since then. The break-in stage was there a, a doubt that he'd, he'd make the track based on what he was showing, or did he always show that he had potential and he just went about it potentially a bit of a, a different way? No, he never thought um, there were some fast dogs in the litter. Some chased their bum off, but they preferred to play with other dogs. Uh, he was one that wouldn't go unless there was another dog. So we just put him round and um, hoped like heck that one day he would um, would you know, the penny a drop and he would become a race dog, which he did. Do you pinch yourself now, mate, looking back on his career? We're in the, the twilight, I guess, of his career, although who knows? Uh, I just noticed uh, last night, I think it was, King Kinlock uh, had about to start number 300, I think, or over 300 up there in New South Wales. So maybe he's not in the twilight of his career. But do you ever sit back and, and reminisce on the fact he's, he's won over $160,000, this boy, and he's just been he's been just such a stalwart for the kennel? He is um, a ripper little dog. We just put him out in the run, let him do what he wants to do. When he's up and about, he'll run up and down. Um, I think I think we do have a bit of success with older dogs for that reason. We just let them do what they want to do. They tell us, you know, when they're up and about, and they tell us when they're when they're not up and about. But he is a ripper. He just loves racing, and um, yeah, hopefully we've got another. He ran second in the Pink Diamond Stayers race last year. We're aiming for that again this year. Um, but he is just a you know, he's a grade four dog. He's no superstar. He's better than grade five, but he's not up to free for all company. So if we can keep him ticking over, for, you know, who knows? We'll just keep him ticking over and see what happens. What about Kelsey's girl, race 12, box number two? Tough race, but drawn nicely down to the inside. Uh, she's won three races in her career, and they've all been from the inside four boxes. She's had two wins from the red and a win from box four. So you'd be pretty happy with the draw. And I just went through her last four or so starts, and she hadn't drawn inside any closer than four. And when she did draw box four, she won at Bendigo. So the fence looks to be her go. I believe so. Look, first look at the meadow. She surprised us. We took a heap of pups down there and nothing went any good. And then we put her out last out of 500 and she ran 30 and 30. First look at the place and we thought, wow, what have we got here? Uh, but as you say, she hasn't had a lot of luck in running. But staying that too, it is a pretty, there's a fair bit of pace and speed um, on the outside of that race. So just fingers crossed she gets around safe and see what happens. What do you make of, uh, of the two races? Uh, do you rate Grace in shock as the best chance? And have you had much of a look at the field that he's against this week? He'll run second. He pick up his pension. Uh, no, I haven't had a, hadn't studied the um, the fields yet. But um, 
look, he, he is the competitor. He'll, he'll jump with them as long as he gets his way out of that first corner. Look, he, I think he generally goes better when he's got a lamplighter, and hopefully the lamplighter's not going to run um, quicker than him. What about uh, you're saying the pension? Um, I don't I don't know, Chile, too many pensions that pay $2,230 because that's what second placing is at the Meadows. So I guess for you, mate, that, that must in itself be, be nice, the, the increase in prize money and they've... GRV have put a lot of lot of effort into sort of promoting 500 metre plus greyhounds, which has just been perfect for a dog like Grace in shop. It has been, and now the it has changed away from age prize money. Um, although I have 600 metre dogs or 700 metre dogs doesn't make a lot of difference because there's generally only one race anyway for them to go in. Um, but it's fantastic. The the prize money now is really good. If you've got you know a couple of dogs, handy dogs like this one, even around the bush, now you can pick up you know, three three and a half grand for a for a mixed race. Um, yeah, it, it is it is good money if you can get hold of it. You're a bit of a holiday maker. You love uh, getting over to Bali. When's the uh, the next trip away from uh, from Melbourne town? Well, the boss is right next to me at the moment, sorting out visas for for Vietnam. Um, oh, beautiful! Next month, so. <laughs> Nice. Haven't been there before? We have been there before. Um, Joy's been there a couple of times, went with the girls. and Yeah, no, just a lovely place. It's, um, we went from one end to the other pretty much in a in a whirlwind tour, but there is some really nice spots, really nice people, really friendly people. Because I'm, I'm probably larger than some people, um, they think I'm a Buddha or something over there. And they, <laughs> they want to stand beside me and have photos and rub me belly and... <laughs> Living the dream, I think they call that. Hey, give me, give me your three top holiday destinations. Your top three. What are they? Uh, I like Darwin. Is that number I, one? Yeah, probably number one. I've only been there a few times, but I really love it up there. Um, Bali is a spot that we go to just for total relaxation. It's just a, you can go there and do whatever you want or nothing at all and you know, just come home refreshed and ready to go again. Um, and the third one we're probably yet to discover. I, I do want to do Australia, around Australia, um, in the um, twilight soon coming, hopefully. Nah, beautiful, mate. Uh, you've covered all bases. Uh, that's the best thing about this podcast. You never know what we're going to chat about. Good luck uh, with the uh, the old warrior, Grace in shock. Good luck with uh, with all of the holidays moving forward as well, mate. And we, uh, we wish you well. Keep punching home those winners and keep earning that pension. Thanks, James. See you, mate. And that's all for this episode of the Green Light On Premier Racing Podcast. That wraps up another week. And don't forget, next week, a big, big week on the Green Light On Premier Racing Podcast. We will be previewing the Warnable Cup meeting for the Greyhounds. Smithy's going to the Gallops and the Greys, but we'll uh, have a good look at that uh, Warnable Cup meeting. Uh, we'll get that out nice and early in the week too with uh, hopefully a couple of special guests on that one. Uh, we're going to have a deep dive release next week with Paul Westervelt, stud master at Meticulous Lodge, of course, housing Fernando Bale, amongst many, many other champion stud dogs over the last few years. And as well, obviously, the Sandown and Meadows ones coming out next week. So that wraps it up for now, punters. Safe travelling and happy punting.